This program is brought to you by P1 Australia, quality racing components and manufacturers of engine water heaters for midgets, sprints, wingless and all types of open wheel dirt track cars. Check out their full range today at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. Hi, I'm Chaz Monster, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Coming up on this episode of Inside Supercars. Charlie's always been joking. We've been friends for a long time, you know, and our kids grew up together and, and things like that, and our families have been friends. Um, for a long time, so Charlie's always been joking, saying, you know, come and work for me, come and work for me. So sit back and enjoy as Inside Supercar starting now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, and we're near the last of our introductions for the 2024 season with a new man in a new hat. That being Adrian Burgess, who's been in the series for eight years, is it now? Nine years? Oh, about 18, I think, isn't it? 2006. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I... you got a short memory. I do. I do. Yes, exactly. Well, it's Alzheimer's, mate, you know. Yeah, I guess it's all eventually. It seems like only yesterday you you were meeting up uh, the uh, people at DJRs over in Perth and uh, thinking, oh, yeah, I'll come and do this for a while. Uh, it seems a little bit longer than eight years, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it has for many reasons. Um, least of all that you're in a new role and uh, a team that's been very much reinvented. But uh, as it's been uh, claimed and called about uh, Team 18, it's the band getting back together again. Oh, look, that's just a cheap and easy throwaway moniker, isn't it, for me and Charlie? I, I, I suppose, but. Uh, yeah, look, you know, I've known Charlie since I came to Australia in 2006, so it's great to be working with him again. He's a, you know, he's a lovable, likable character that's uh, passionate about what he does um, with his business and also with his race team. So it's it's an easy, uh, it was an easy decision to to come back and work with him again. Now, Adrian, uh, one of the things that lingers long in my mind is that. Uh, 2010 race at Homebush, the slightly madness of it all, and the three front-running cars in the points, in the race, all going into the fence, and those three cars all diving into pit lane, but one of them didn't go into pit lane. It went into the garage. Now, James Courtney uh, benefited enormously, as you and Dick Johnson did, in winning a championship because you made a decision, a split-second decision, which obviously worked out well for, for all involved. Oh look, I, I suppose yeah, man. I suppose that was just a small part of um, that whole process of trying to get the car, uh, you know, fixed up as quick as we could. You could see from the TV uh, images there was no point parking it in pit lane. There was a sub- substantial amount of damage to the car. I mean, we actually even got he, he, he drove in the wrong garage. We tried to get him in the right garage, so the, even the plan of trying to get him straight in the garage didn't go without its issues. Um, but yeah, look, I mean it. It wasn't that decision. It was really all the hard work by all the guys um, jumping on that car and, and just never saying never and just 
getting on with it and just you know we we didn't there was nothing stopping the the energy there and the motivation by everyone to get it fixed and get it back out because we all knew that you know there were points on the on the line and we we could see the other two teams trying to get their car ready so uh, that was a fantastic day that I think everybody involved um cherishes the memory of it and you made your mark big time in the sport here because of it and and uh, James Courtney winning that title for Dick Johnson yourself and and Charlie obviously it, it it meant an enormous amount. You'd already spent many years in motorsport. I think what up to twenty before that in Formula One mostly. Uh, yeah, look, my first season of racing was nineteen eighty five, fresh out of school as a fifteen year old. So um, yeah, it's been a long journey so far. Um, yeah, I mean, eventually I had to get a real job and stay away from a racetrack, but that just never seems to happen. I just, you know, once you get once you get the motorsport in your in your veins, you just you can't get it out. So it's something I've always done. It's something I I love and enjoy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know if it's a disease or not. <laughs> I I know that success is something comes from when you do things properly and. It would seem that you've been involved in teams um, in Formula One, in McLaren, uh, and other teams that have had great success. It's something, obviously, that you'll be looking to achieve with Charlie and and your two new drivers, neither of whom you would have had a very close relationship with before, I would think. Uh, no, look, I mean, I think you you start out in life or your career with goals and targets and ambitions, but more importantly, with um with just the mindset of of how you go about doing your applying your trade and i was lucky enough to you know i worked in a couple of average teams when i was you know 16 17 18 but my plan was always to try and get to formula one and i was just lucky enough to be able to do that with mclaren when, when you work for a team like mclaren you you get taught the right way you know the standards are impeccable in in everything they do you know under the leadership of of ron dennis and and the rest of the people there dave ryan and indy lal and steve allen and some of these guys that were there at the time you, you learn how to do things properly and you, you you're naturally a competitive person or you wouldn't be doing this sport i don't think but you know i've been still lucky after that to to work with some great people you know you know even you know roland he runs his team like a Formula One team. When I when I went there, it, it felt very similar to what I'd experienced back in England at McLaren. And the the wins the wins and the success doesn't come easy. It, it's hard work. It's and but it's it's just having and keeping the right standards in in everything that you do. And so yeah, it doesn't just you don't you're not guaranteed results. But if you don't have that attention to detail and if you're not prepared to go the extra mile and put in that extra hour, you know, whether it's 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning, doesn't matter when, if you're not prepared to go that extra little distance, then you're, you're more than likely not going to achieve the success you want. So yes, it's something we want to, we want to achieve at team 18. I wouldn't be here if we didn't, but this is about making sure everybody on the team has got that, that hunger and that, that ambition to be the best at what they do. Um, it's an incredibly um, 
competitive series. It's it's the best and it's the most competitive touring car series in the world, bar none. Um, and that's why, you know, the country or the series produces the drivers that it has and the teams that it has. So it's great to be part of it. It's not easy to win here, but it's clearly the goal for us and Team 18. Apart from Charlie, the only other person that you've actually worked with is someone who has just joined Team 18 in Som Sharma, that you've spent some years working with him within Supercars organisation. Yeah, that's correct. Som's a, a very talented young engineer. Um, you, you can you can see his potential. I could see his potential at Supercars uh, for the few years we worked together. You know, I, at the time, I didn't ever imagine that I'd be working with him again in the roles that we've both got now, but Som's a very talented guy, as as are the rest of the engineering group um, that we put together, and the rest of the team. But you know, I didn't. I've not worked with with any of the guys here, but you know them. I mean, I've seen. You know, you got Krusty, you got Dennis, you got Mitch. You, these guys have been around a long time, um, and each and every one of them has, has probably had a, a taste of success over the years. I mean, Krusty certainly has with Scotty Mack, and Dennis has. Um, and Mitch has so it's you, you know you see their faces over the years working of while well, I was at Supercars and they were in Teamland but you don't you didn't actually have a lot of contact with them with each of them but um, nearly all the faces here you recognise it's just that you've not had that working relationship. Um, I'm not going to ask you a specific date, but how long ago did Charlie sort of put the first you know, overtures to you, so why don't you come and join us sort of thing? Roughly when? You know, was it two years, three years, a year? Charlie's always been joking. We, we've been friends for a long time, you know, and our kids grew up together and and things like that, and our families have been friends um, for a long time. So Charlie's always been joking, saying, you know, come and work for me, come and work for me. And the time was just wasn't right on most of those occasions when he asked, but you know, we've been laughing and joking around it while I've been at Supercars, you know, the last couple of years. We always chat and we, we're good friends. We catch up when we can. And um, so, look, but we didn't really start talking until, I don't know, middle of last year. You know, the, the heat was turning up, the position I was in. Whilst I loved the job and enjoyed the job, it just wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable that, that last sort of six months last year after all the effort you put into to Gen 3 and, you know, so it was quite an easy thing to do, but we didn't really start talking until, you know, a few weeks before Gold Coast and then it was it was an easy uh, easy chat to, to put to bed and move on. Okay. Now, you, um, you've had a test day. You've had two or three days of meetings back at Team 18. You've, you've got an idea about um, where they may be deficient. Are there any specific things you can see immediately? You can just say, we need to do that better, we need to do this better. Uh, you know, overall, it's functioned as a team and obviously a win, but you need more than one. Yeah, I mean, we certainly need more than one. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say there's a great big list of things they were doing badly because that's disrespectful to the team. They've got a great team of guys there. The cars have been very reliable. Um, you know, they were one of the last teams to be ready. Uh, when they were building the cars for for one reason or another, it was the whole building of the cars was very fragmented, and it, it was a hard push for the whole category. Um, but yes, they've had a couple of good tracks last year. Obviously, Darwin was a was a highlight for them. But you know, one of the things that the the team, you know, they had a great day there. But I don't think they'll probably say it themselves. They don't know why they had a great day there. 
So, so one of the obvious things for us as a group and especially as an engineering group is just learn the car and understand the car in a greater detail and, and, and understand why things work or why things don't. We, we needed to improve the, the engineering side of it and we, we're sort of trying to do that. We've brought in a couple more people um, just to, to give Richard some more, you know, more support around him, more depth around him. Um, so that that's one of the first areas that we're we're trying to make a concerted effort to to bolster and and improve. But that's not, you know, I don't want to sound like we're or I'm disrespectful to what they did last year. They worked their ass off, like like every team has done. But you know, they'll admit themselves, and the same as I would, the same as Charlie will, that we needed to do a better job in that area, and that'll be a focus. Um, but these things don't happen overnight. You know, it's going to take some some time to establish himself and to, you know, learn the ropes. It'll be the same with Jeff Slater. Uh, we've got another young data engineer who's reasonably new, but again, incredibly intelligent and uh, qualified. But, you know, you don't, you just don't walk in and wave a magic wand and you're winning races every week. It's not that easy. I mean, clearly you think you've got the elements there that you can actually build into a tight team and one that'll, that'll uh, start that winning process. Well, I'd like to hope so, yeah, but then it would take time. You know, I've got full confidence in all the people we've got, but we've just got to get us and everybody. And I've got to make sure, I've got to give these guys the tools that they need to to understand the car better and, and do a, a better job um, technically. In, in You know, 95% of your race result is in the preparation that you do at the factory. So we've got to do a better job there. We've got to do a better job understanding the car and, and understanding why we make the choices that we make and understanding why the driver gives us the feedback that he does. So it's not just about bringing in two new, two new faces and expecting it to change. We've got to develop the tools, develop the, the software and the simulation and the, and the other areas that we want to improve. Um, so, you know, Charlie and myself, that's our job at the moment is giving these guys the tools to do a better job. Um, and then hopefully, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll be we'll be doing a better job. But you know, it doesn't change around overnight. Um, one of the aspects that you know, conversations I have with a few mechanics, and I've seen some of those guys five or ten years or more, um, is that um, the enjoyment that Dave Reynolds brings to it because he wants to enjoy his day. He wants to be part of what what's a fun thing to do. He you know enjoys driving, but he also enjoys the team environment. And that was something that seemed very evident uh, that he brought along to the team. Now, obviously, he and Mark get on extremely well also. Yeah, I mean, Dave's, Dave is one of those crazy, extremely likeable characters. Um, and he does want to have fun. But don't don't mistake that with someone that doesn't care or isn't competitive in what he does. You know, and I'm not, I know you're not saying that, but it, it's, it, it's not a... It, it, it's about creating the right culture and getting everybody supporting each other, you know, pushing in the same direction, but clearly doing it in a in an environment that that people want to work in. Um, now, I think they they had a good environment here in the past, but you know, so we're gonna you know, David. David's like a a cat on a hot tin roof at the moment. He's he's really enjoying it. What he's seen so far, um, and you know, one of my roles is keeping himself and keeping frosty keeping their heads in the right place uh keeping everyone pushing it we're not here to just have fun we're here to win races now you know we we want to win races but we want to be doing it 
you know, in a, in a good, enjoyable working uh, atmosphere and, and with a good culture. So, but yeah, I mean, Dave's been a breath of fresh air. I think he, there's no doubt the guys get on with him and he gets on well with Frosty. So we just got to keep that balance in place. But equally, we've got to, you know, when it's time to pull the visor down and, and get on with work, then that's what we'll be doing. Um, so with Dave being in his happy place with a race team that's potentially going to be winning, I mean, he obviously bought better form than anyone else having been on the podium in the last four races. Um, he's cherry ripe for uh, some more success and obviously having to adapt to a Camaro. Did he, did he talk about anything that was uh, dramatically different that he found? One thing he did say to me about was he feels – a little bit lost in the car because the windows are so small compared to the Mustang. Yeah, look, you know, he, he was on his game at the end of the end of the year, but you know, I think um, I think all the wind tunnel data shows that the the Ford, you know, the, had had a bit more. It definitely had more than the Camaro at the end of the year. Um, but you know, that said, he still had to beat the likes of you know Chaz and and Anton and Will. Um, you know, there's some serious, um, some serious players and drivers on that Ford side, but he's still, you know, and even his teammate, but he still had to do the good. So he, he, you know, given the the position the Ford guys were in at the end of the year, he was doing the best job with it. So he can still drive. There's no doubt, and that, that shows he can still drive. But you know what we all hope for, and you know, I do more than bloody anyone. I've I've been living the rough end of this, this stick for the last year or so we want to make sure that everyone's got a got a same chance where hopefully the wind tunnel stuff is is was you know is good and uh hopefully now they've got on top of some of their own issues that they had with a with a ford engine so hopefully we've got parity on on all the measures that we need and it's a fair race for everybody but you know so you know, yes, the Camaro is different to the Ford. It's a smaller glass house, um, but he was comfortable in the car straight away. You know, first couple of runs at the test day, he was bang on it. He was bang on the times. He, he felt comfortable in the car and um, comfortable with, the, with his relationship with Krusty and, and the guys. So, yeah, it was a good test day, but, you know, everybody will be saying the same thing at the moment. You know, there's no championships won at the test day, but everyone will be telling you that, it's all going great and we're going to win. But, you know, that's the standard sort of response you get at this time of year. But the proof will be in the pudding. So there's no point making any grand uh, claims. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Where we're going to be? You don't know. But the all you do know is when the flag drops, the bullshit stops. Well, um, we won't be there to see the, uh, the flag dropping at Bathurst. Uh, but I look forward to catching up with you at the AGP and... Uh, I know that you'll be catching up with lots of your friends there, but have a great time at Bathurst and success. And I wish you all the very best to uh, Team 18. And we uh, look forward to seeing the team rising through the ranks and uh, having a great year for all. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Adrian Burgess, for joining us on Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Quality Racing Components, home of Black TI, bolts, kingpins, studs and torsion stops. Check out their full range today at p1australia.com.